What's up, y'all? This is Nick Luciano. And this is Blake Moore. And, and welcome, welcome to Tratter Talk. This is a podcast centered around the country lifestyle and how to be a positive influence. We're going to have some awesome guests on the show, share our stories, and cover uplifting topics to encourage y'all to conquer the day. Look out for new episodes every Wednesday on all podcast platforms and YouTube. And don't forget, smile every day and know your worth. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Tratter Talk, a podcast centered around the country lifestyle and how to be a positive influence. My name is Nick Luciano. I'm Roy Dinges. Blake is back home on vacation, so he will be co-hosting with me today. This podcast is brought to you by Ariat, innovative and award-winning performance products for all types of outdoor and work environments. Today with us, we have a very special guest. He is senior manager at Ariat and a good friend of ours. We have Taylor Nargay. How's it going, gentlemen? What's up? Good. Good to have you. Excited to have you. You guys must have ran out of content to invite me down here. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. No. Um, but yeah, um, we're excited to have you on, man. How are you doing today? It, it's good. I mean, everything's been good in in my life and in at work and area it's rolling and, you know, it's just exciting to get out and talk about it a little bit. That's awesome. So for the people that, uh, don't know you a little bit, tell us a little bit about you, your background, things <sighs> like that. Yeah. So, um, a little bit about me, um, man, I've been, I've grown up in the Western lifestyle you know, since the day I hit the ground, um, originally from Montana, kind of a little Montezona in there, you know, <laughs> moved to Arizona when I was in junior high. Um, my family is just fully ingrained in, in that ranching Western rodeo lifestyle. I, and it, it honestly, I, I couldn't have picked a better one, you know, just mm-hmm. looking back, probably not then you just always kind of wondered, but looking back, I mean, it's everything that I am now, but, um, yeah, you know, grew up, um, you know, when I was young, I was, I was kind of sick with sports, you know, like yeah. all sports and I'm talking baseball, wrestling, football. And, but I'd always had, you know, that Western lifestyle in me and, but it was more of, you know, like a had to versus a want. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, but just one day it kind of switched and in me and, you know, all, I couldn't get enough of, you know, roping and rodeoing and steer wrestling and, you know, so all through junior high and high school, you know, I, I just really dug deep and, um, you know, my family is super competitive, mm-hmm. super competitive family. Um, I'm one of four and I'm the oldest <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, my, my parents and my grandparents, they kept us, you know, had good horses under us all the time. You know, they weren't, you know, high dollar horses, but they made mm-hmm. sure we had good bloodlines and, yeah. Yeah. you know, and, and we were always told, you know, the horse has the ability, but you have to make it what it is and get the most out of it. And we just always had great horses. And, you know, um, my parents always felt like it was a better investment than rehab. So, yeah, you know, so, they, so yeah, I was super competitive through high school. Um, yeah, I really got into, I loved roping, but I kind of found my niche and so did my brothers and I in steer wrestling mm-hmm. and just got really competitive and, and focused on it. But all through high school, it was either, you know, steer wrestling, rodeo mm-hmm. or football. Yeah. You know, like we would get up every morning, take care of horses, go to school, football practice, come home, practice, rodeo. And then usually, you know, he'd have a big Friday night lights football game then get up the next morning and go to a high school rodeo. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and it's been fun. 
you know, it's been a, a fun experience and, and had some great successes. And, it, you know, it definitely builds a competitiveness in you that is super important, but yeah. just good, you know, just uh -huh. build a solid foundation. That's awesome. That's awesome. So where did, speaking of all that, that background, um, you said you found, you know, your love for it that started in high school. And then how did that carry on like later? Like, where'd you go to college and stuff like that? Yeah. So, you know, I, I take a lot, you know, aside from having that competitiveness in me mm -hmm. that was instilled by my folks and my grandparents and, and other family members, I mean, my entire family is big and competitive, but I think I found, you know, once you get a taste of that blood for winning, yeah, I mean, it just, you can't get enough of it. I mm -hmm. mean, just wanting to win and want and seeing what, you know, um, the fruits of your labor brings mm -hmm. and knowing that you can't do it without just getting after it day in and day out and being super focused, um, you know, definitely spurred that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I found my, you know, in steer wrestling again, I roped, but steer wrestling, I just loved it. You know, yeah. I, I was good at it. My, you know, my folks got me with the best trainers and, and, uh, athletes that are, you know, in the sport and mm -hmm. I learned the right way the first time. I think that's very yeah. important, especially in the sport of rodeo is, you know, go to somebody that can teach you the right way the yeah. first time. Don't want to develop those bad yeah. habits. And, uh, you know, I just, I, you know, I was successful, um, through high school, you know, made it to the national high school finals twice. Um, my brother and I were always head to head, you know, he, uh, um, I think he kicked my butt twice for the state championship, <laughs> but then I went on to college. We, we got, my family was offered full ride scholarships for rodeo. We all went to the same college. I actually played college football and rodeoed. That was hard. That sounds difficult. Yeah, that was yeah. really hard. But then I, I later figured out, I'm like, I just want to rodeo. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be a, a pro football player. Yeah. So I rodeoed and, uh, just got super confident, but I was dedicated. You know, I was driving to go practice with the right people. I was, you know, plowing through snowstorms in Montana. I went to school in Montana at the University mm -hmm. of Montana Western. And uh, I was just, I couldn't get enough of it. And uh, I had some great success in, you know, the region, the big sky region of college rodeo. And then finally my senior year, um, I was able to walk away with a college national championship in steer wrestling and, and uh, you know, it, Life was perfect, you know. It's yeah. like I'm busting it, you know, and and I'm seeing the fruits of my labor. I just kind of felt like, you know, mm -hmm. nothing. I just super mentally strong, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so then I, I after that I, I decided I had a, a great while I was in college. I had a great um, job um, working for a corporate ranch in Montana as the marketing director. Oh, cool. And uh, I actually had left that because you know I wanted to go rodeo, mm -hmm. you know, and. Uh, it didn't take long, you know, like I, I was successful, but I didn't love it. Like yeah. I didn't crave being on the road. Mm -hmm. You know, I love the experiences. I love the camaraderie of, mm. you know, the contestant, but I just didn't, I'm like, you know, it just wasn't yeah, what I was like looking for, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So I don't know. It just kind of, I, then I decided to take another path. There you go. That's yeah. awesome. So in total, how long have you been riding and competing? Oh, I mean, we grew up junior rodeoing and mm -hmm. everything like that. Um, my mom, 
Um, I'm pretty sure she found out she was pregnant with me at the college finals when she was in college. <laughs> you know, my parents are high school rodeo sweethearts and, you know, so forever, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to even put a time frame on it just because yeah. I don't remember a point in my life where we didn't have horses. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a responsibility of ours to make sure that, you know, the animals and the horses and all that were taken care of prior to ourselves. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I mean, my wife yeah. and I talk to this day like, man, we could have so much more if we just get rid of the horses. <laughs> but then we're like, but why? Yeah, you know? I know. You know, so. But why? Yeah. That's crazy. So you played football, high school, and, and then up through college, rodeo. You you stayed sore 24-7. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So what you said about uh, practicing with the right people, this and that, I always say, you know that old saying, practice makes perfect. I don't believe that. Perfect practice makes perfect. And obviously it shows. So uh, going into from the rodeo to now your home life, um, I see you have horses, of course. Uh, your daughter's barrel racing, i seen. Tell us a little bit, bit about that. Yeah, I mean, growing up in this lifestyle, I mean, it is a true lifestyle. And I just think back to, you know, the experiences I have growing up with my siblings, with my folks, you know, the good, the bad, the, you know, the indifferent as far as what we went through, but we went through it together, but we did it. We always did it on the back of a horse or we were doing it because of that. And it just, I feel like the foundation of where I'm at started there, you know, like it taught me responsibility. It taught me how to be competitive. It taught me, you know, that, you know, how to just dig deep, and Mm -hmm. and battle it out for something that you want and but also the right things that i feel in life and uh you know it's crazy because yeah my my kids are starting to get to the point where they're interested my daughter she's running barrels my wife also is a barrel racer and she grew up high school rodeoing and college rodeoing and everything like that but i'll tell you like (laughs) there's nothing scarier in the world than putting your little girl on the back of, you know, this fire breathing dragon and to go run three barrels, you know, like it, it mm-hmm. just, it's a, I'm I, even backing in the box at the college finals for that, you know, championship title. I wasn't ner- as nervous as I am taking her to a local jackpot and wishing her the best of luck, you know, so yeah, it, it gets pretty nerve wracking, but you know, like I know that, you know, she's learning responsibility. I mean, they have to, I mean, you know, they're four and seven years old, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, they feed horses and they clean pens and they they know what it takes. And they're also learning how to be, you know, cautious around them and respect the animal. And, you know, right. there's just so much that, you know, yeah. you know, as cheesy as it sounds that a horse can teach a person. Oh, yeah. You know, that we talk about that a lot on the podcast is one of the biggest questions we ask, like because we asked Roy and we asked people is like one of the biggest things that like horses in this lifestyle has taught you. And everybody says it's always responsibility. It's patience. It's like the key things in life that like are like vital. Like you pretty much need them right. to be successful, too. And that's why we all love the lifestyle. And um, I don't know. It's just for me, for somebody who like, you know, Y'all two grow up in it. I really didn't start getting too deep into it until, like, in college. Started rodeoing on the weekends and stuff like that. And I was like, man. Because I was just really just used to, like, going to my apartment and doing homework. You know what I mean? And that was it. But then I started rodeoing and, like, getting deep into it and started working with horses. 
And it's so crazy how, like, this horse that I first learned to ride, his name is Charger. He's out of the Dashford for Cash Bloodline. So he's a really good horse. Um, and him and his mom pretty much taught me everything I needed to know. And I had kind of a bad temper at the time. And, like, because I was similar to you. Like, I played baseball. I played football. I was used to a ball in my hand, right? right? I wasn't used to, like, Something like, you could control. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, you can control every aspect of that ball. But then when you're, like, a horse is underneath you and it doesn't listen, like, my temper, it was just a different side of me that I never even knew existed. And it just taught me, like, the craziest patience They're in the, the most world. humbling creatures on the planet. I know. They are. Yeah. And, and forgiving. Exactly. Yeah. It's you know, it's so thing. crazy. Like, um, and it's just, like, even the just the connection you can have with a horse, like, they're just like they can hear your heartbeat from five feet away, six feet away. It's like totally, it's insane. But even even on top of the horse, like you know, even the point you made about coming into the Western lifestyle late, mm-hmm. like, but how welcoming is it? Like, yeah. it's such a welcoming, mm-hmm. great lifestyle to mm-hmm. grow up in. Yeah, you know, and, and or just be around, and it doesn't matter, you know, at what point you decide to enter the lifestyle. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you get after it and you respect you know the values and the morals that we all do like it's so welcoming and people are gonna you know lay their yeah. life down for you, you know? exactly and yeah. that's one thing we do talk about too is like yeah we well, get caught up in like how cowboy you are but dude the people like if you want to learn there everybody's going to be there to land like lend a hand completely you know what i mean so yeah so i, I i've watched a couple videos that you've posted on social media and your daughter she she looks pretty fearless. She's pretty handy. Yeah, <laughs> she is from what I see. She's pretty handy, but I think the best thing that ever happened with her at a young age is she didn't get bucked off, but she fell off. Mm. Because prior to that, like, she was, she thought she was, you know, fearless and that she was untouchable. And But it's, it's one of those things that, you know, that I always look at is, like, you have to allow your kids to do dangerous things carefully. Right. Yeah. And, you know, like... You as a parent, it's your responsibility to, you know, make sure that the backside of things are safe and, you know, mm-hmm. they're on good horses and they're, you know, the best case scenario is going to happen. But you also need them to learn and respect and and stuff like that. But, yeah, no, she she's fearless. She's sassy. Um, but she also it's funny because it hasn't she's enjoyed it, but it hasn't been until recently to where it's like I there's a fire to where mm-hmm. now like like I can see it brewing yeah. and I'm just like, Hey, calm down. Like even before she <laughs> runs, even before she runs, it, like I'll have to like, are you, are you still breathing? Like, and she's just like Game focused face, and yeah. I'm like, all right, well now we just need to, you know, contain that and, and put it mm-hmm. in the right direction. So it's fun. It's just awesome. You know, and I have a, a four year old little boy that, you know, he, he likes to ride, but only if he can pack a sword or a bow and arrow. So <laughs> we're kind of living through that phase right now. So, so what are you hoping for him? Maybe a steer wrestler like you following your footsteps? You know, like, obviously, I think that it's one of those things that I would love for my kids to just fully embrace the lifestyle and and jump into that. But you know what I found is, like, my parents didn't shove it down our throat. Mm-hmm. And we came, we found it. You know, like, it was mm-hmm. always there. But we came back and we just got, you know, infatuated with it. But we also, like, equally, you know, and I think it's super important, like, you know, if they want to go and their main focus is going to be football or baseball or, or soccer or whatever else they want to do, I mean, 
tennis, golf. I mean, yeah. Yeah. it's a little cheaper than a horse, I think. But, <laughs> a lot cheaper. You know, maybe, so, you know, um, you know, I mean, my son, he's he thinks that he is a you know pro dirt bike racer right now, and you know, if he, I'll support anything they want, you right. know. But the biggest thing with me is, if you're gonna do it, we're not gonna, you know, half ass it. You know, yeah, like yeah. we're gonna be all in. We're gonna be committed. And that was one thing I think my dad, you know, taught us is like, if you're gonna start something, you're gonna finish it. And yeah. even if it you're in, you know, it's not a great situation. It's like, no, you're gonna see it through. Yeah. And you know, whether that was a season or whatnot, he's like, no, you're gonna see it through. It didn't mean you had to like make a career out of it. He's like, but no, you committed. Oh yeah. yeah. Good life. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good life lessons. My family taught me that too. It's like, yeah, there's some like some things I tried that like I didn't want to do, like even as a kid, just like different sports. But you got to finish the season out. You yeah. can't quit. And going back to what you said earlier. I always have a little quote that I say, like, if you're going to be stupid, at least be stupid safely. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. So. I mean, I was the same way with wrestling. Mm-hmm. I mean, we grew up wrestling young because yeah. when you're in Montana, it's kind of the only winter sport you can do, mm-hmm. you know? And so us three boys, we would wrestle. I hated it. I hated <laughs> yeah. it. And uh, I would rather do math homework than mm-hmm. wrestle or go to a wrestling practice. But my two brothers, they were studs. You know, and they went on and won state championships in high school. And but even looking back, I told my wife the other day, I'm like, I need to get my son in wrestling because there was so much that I learned in that sport that, you know, just just, you know, tenacity and endurance and just grinding it out. Right. You know, but I'd love to just get him in it. You know, discipline, of course, discipline. One hundred percent. Yeah. So speaking of discipline and all those like key factors that you've kind of learned growing up, I kind of want to touch on like, how has that helped you today with like the position you're at today with, within area or your job or, you know, where you're at in life? Yeah. I mean, it's really funny because when I went to college, the marketing wasn't the route I was mm-hmm. going to go. Um, I actually was going to be a veterinarian, which I think yeah, all, you know, that's what I wanted gonna to be. do too. Yeah. But then I realized I don't like blood. I don't like broken <laughs> bones. I don't like guts. I also don't like, I was in a, a heavy ranching community where, you know, the veterinarian has no life and they're getting up at all hours of night, you know, doing C-sections on cows and pulling mm-hmm. calves. And I'm like, uh, but yeah. it was also kind of during that big 2008 crash of the economy. And yeah. I was like, you know, what's the one thing that no matter what the economy is like that people still have to do, it's marketing, Pretty much. you know, and, and I just, I really dove into that and, and found some great mentors on the campus and, and, and just really kind of got infatuated with, you know, the consumer, you know, and what the consumer wants and how you can influence a consumer and, and, uh, all the different ways that you can do it. And, and we're seeing it. It's, you can't, there's no complacency. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just look what we're doing here, just yeah. the podcast and, and, and the rise of TikTok and social media. Like, yeah, I wasn't there when I was just getting after marketing, but uh-huh. it, you have to continue to grow and adapt to what yeah. the consumer and how they're digesting things. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so just thinking about that now, I mean, I was, I was just hyper-focused. I've yeah. always known what I've wanted, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I also just, you know, it excites me to be a part of something big and great 
And, you know, I've had some great roles in my life prior to even prior to Ariat. You know, I spent six years in the outdoor industry. Yeah. Working as the director of marketing for Weatherby Firearms. And then I moved over to Ariat. But, you know, just wanting to be part of something and, and a product or, you know, a group of people that are just kind of striving for the same thing and mm-hmm. and just as passionate as you are, you know. Um, yeah. It, it, it's just kind of, you know, fun. Gets yeah. me rolling. So. That is cool. That's why I want to, like, I always seen from, I was watching before, like, we all got together. I was watching from, like, afar, and I was like, okay, Ariel's got the TikTok account. They got the blue check. Like, they're after, like, they know what they yeah. want. They know what they're doing. So that's that was just really cool to see. Um but speaking like about that, like what's your favorite thing about your job pretty much? You know, what it comes down to that I think that excites me the most is I work with some of the coolest people, mm-hmm. not only not just Western industry focused, but just, you know, in this country. I mean, we have so many cool people from all different walks that work for Ariat that I feel is what truly helps elevate us because mm-hmm. Um, not everybody there is, you know, comes from the Western lifestyle or the English lifestyle or blue collar family, but they all just are really smart, just really smart, open-minded and, you know, there's no excuses, you know, and, and that's, what's exciting is we, not only do we want to be a brand that's innovative in our products, but we Mm -hmm. want to be innovative in our thinking and how we're approaching the consumer. And it's just fun. You know, like you Mm -hmm. walk out of meetings and you're just jacked up and pumped and excited yeah, yeah. and and uh you know we we just like to we just all like what we do and yeah. uh everybody's passionate about it we've got you know subject matter experts in all areas and mm-hmm. it just has helped elevate us um to where we just you know we just continue and, and we're not one of those brands that you know i don't mean to overuse this word but we're in no way are we complacent like yeah you know just because it worked yesterday does not mean we're going to try the same thing tomorrow. Yeah. You know, we're going to continue to just continue to test and evolve mm-hmm. and, and go on and so forth. But we also want to be leaders in all yeah. aspects. And, you know, it's just exciting, you mm-hmm. know. I always tell people, too, because, like, I mean, we get a lot of questions about, like, people wanting to start their brands or, like, doing the next big thing. And I always tell them, like, the biggest thing, whether it's marketing or running any sort of business, is being adaptable. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to move with the pace of everything else or else you're going to fall behind. And I think area does like a really like super job with that, especially like with the, um, the Compton Cowboys uh, collab. That was, that was cool. You just have to pivot and go. Yeah. It was really cool to see that. So, yeah. I mean, there's so many different, and and that's, what's fun is, you know, even partnering with, you know, guys like you, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's fun. (laughs) Yeah, it is. You know, it's fun and we want to be adaptable. We want to think about things differently and, and we want to see what the consumer is reacting to. But but the other thing, too, aside from the people at area, like we want to align ourselves with just great people in general. Mm-hmm. You know, we we when you look at our athletes and our roster of athletes and our roster of influencers and partners, just quality, you know, yeah, they're great in the arena, but they're phenomenal human beings. Yeah. Like I think before we even look at gold buckles or accolades or anything like that. It's like, what kind of person are they? Yeah. And, you know, and do we really want the brand tied to that? You know I mean, yeah. you know, we just want to be aligned with good humans. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Um, so speaking of that and being aligned with us, we're very 
social media influence. What are your thoughts on social media in the Western industry? I mean, talk about just like a, a fruit for the taking. I mean, uh, right? The Western consumer in the Western industry is so hungry for content. It really is. So hungry for content to where they'll grapple onto good or bad content. Mm -hmm. But they also like, and if it's done right, which, you know, now we're seeing more coming into the space, but there's still room mm -hmm. to, to do that. And that's what you guys have done so well is you've really tapped into that Western consumer. But yeah, I mean, the industry's kind of always been behind those kinds of trends. Mm -hmm. And so just the content itself, you know, like just seeing the TV shows that are coming out and mm -hmm. and all of that, you know, whether they're critics of content on social media or contents on television that portray the Western lifestyle, they're still consuming it yeah. because they're hungry for a relatable content mm -hmm. that kind of portrays their lifestyle. I think the biggest thing that they want is they want to make sure that their lifestyle is portrayed authentically yeah, and in a good way, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I think, there. I think they're also really hungry too, because I think now more than ever, I don't want to say that like, I mean, Yellowstone has been like a huge hit, whereas like a lot of people like realize like how cool the lifestyle is through. Yeah, it's a production. That, that's a great documentary, right? E uh, <laughs> 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 about Montana. Yeah, about Montana. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot more people now than ever that actually want to like try out the lifestyle or get into it. So they're also hungry for content that is like, like, like educational, if that makes sense. Whether it's about rodeo, horsemanship, or even just like like even Western fashion, like it's just what you wear. So it's like, I think, you know, we've really done a good job of like portraying our audience. Like, yeah, this is what we are, but like, you know, come along. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, but, but you're right though. Like I look at, I mean, yes, I have a, a college degree, but I think, you know, being able to learn how to use Google <laughs> and know how to ask the Google, the right questions you can learn so much, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and if that content is being put out there in, in snackable bites of information and, and stuff like that, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, talk about a, an easy way to influence an industry and, and, and provide that, you know, fulfill that hunger that they have. We talked about rodeo and the Western lifestyle, and you said it doesn't matter what age you come to the Western lifestyle. It's, I mean, it's huge. You can come at any age. So what would be some advice that you would give to anybody that, that wants to come into this world, you know, in, in the Western lifestyle, rodeo, whatever it may be? You know, it, it kind of reminds me of a story. Um, we, my family has a great family friend. It was actually my brother's rope, or wrestling coach. Um, you know, uh, later on in his life, he, he always was wondering, like, you know, my brothers would go to wrestling practice or football practice, and then they would – bounce out and go to a rodeo and he's mm. like what is going on why can't i get these kids in film you know like they're we're not reviewing film film after games they're gone rodeo and doing this rodeo thing well he finally went down and watched a practice and watched what it took and you know and what my brothers were doing and he fell in love and picked up a rope started surrounding hanging out with my brothers but then also going to schools and learning from professionals and this guy is just completely infatuated and totally invested in lifestyle competes at area world series at team roping events 
and is roping every weekend, every chance he gets. But I mean, he didn't start till way late in his life. Mm-hmm. And but the biggest thing to me is like, just be open minded, but also don't you have to be, you know, be willing to be humble enough to go ask for the right help, mm-hmm. you know, and research and look for those individuals. There's not a person in this, you know, in the Western industry that makes their living with a rope or rodeoing or something like that. That's not going to give you their time. Yeah. You know, and, and if there is, it's very far and few between. And, and if they're not willing, they have their own struggles. But I mean, most of these guys will do that. I mean, you look at a guy like a Trevor Brazil, mm-hmm. he, you ask him, you know, for, he's going to, he's going to give you that time, mm-hmm. you know, like he, they're so humble and, and willing to do that. And there's so many different athletes that are like that. But even aside from that, there's, there's true experts outside of those top tier athletes mm-hmm. that are willing to show you, but you have to be willing to go and ask for it, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, cause the Cowboys, they're not, they're not going to, and I'm talking Cowboys of all walks, but mm-hmm. they're not going to just come out and be like, Oh, you should do this. Yeah. You know, you, you got to be able to be willing to step out and mm-hmm. do that. But man, it's, it's just so, I mean, it, again, it doesn't matter Yeah. at what age, you know, if you're interested in the lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be people that are willing to commit time to you. Yeah. You just got to like follow the right people, follow the right conversations. Yeah. Make sure it's the right people. Yeah. yeah. So going from here, is your competitive nature, uh, what are some like future aspirations, whether it be with Ariat, your life? Oh, I mean, it's crazy because I, I feel like I've always had major goals and I knew exactly what I want. I think where I'm at right now is I take such pride in my role at Ariat and just doing great things for the brand, making, you know, finding creative ways for the brand to show up in different ways that people are talking about it and, and also being authentic, like, you know, making sure the brand shows up in an authentic way and just working with teammates to do that. Um, I think the biggest thing for me right now is I'm, I'm pro I'm all dad, you know, I'm all dad, you know, I'm, I've always put, you know, my kids and my wife on a pedestal before me. And, you know, I'm, I'm that husband that's going to saddle a barrel horse. If I have to get on one every now and then to (laughs) pretend like I'm schooling on it, I will, you know, not on the barrel pattern, but just in general, you know, but, uh, you know, I just, I, I want to kind of do everything for them with that being said, you know, like I kind of need to, you know, relight a little passion as far as side passion projects outside of work and Mm -hmm. rope more. And I've got some young horses coming up that I'm excited about, but all in all, I mean, yeah, I just, man, I love being a dad. (laughs) I mean, it's my thing. Yeah. It's my thing. And anything I can do to help them be successful and, you know, not spoil them, but Mm -hmm. you know, give them what the tools they need and put them in the right position to be successful. I mean, that's where I'm at. Yeah. So I I have one more question. Uh, you just like us, you get torn between work. I mean, you're, you're, go, you're traveling a lot. Um, you're behind a computer a lot. You have a family at home. So being pulled in every direction, how do, how do you stay positive through all this? I think when, you know, I think the biggest driving force for me there's behind positivity is I feel like that's my role mm-hmm. in my family to where, you know, 
I'll take I'll take the sword to the back for any one of them. But you know, if if there's struggles in in things going on, whether it's family, work, or whatever, like I'm gonna be that shield. I mean, so you know, in my mind, the only thing that it, the only way that I can do that is like, no, there's we're gonna get through it. You know, mm-hmm. and we don't know how, but we're gonna do it. You know, and you know whether that's a project or <laughs> you know a family event or whatever. But I don't know. I I just I've had that mindset from a very young age to where, you know, like I'll allow myself to dwell for like a little bit, mm-hmm. but I time myself out, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was a point like when in high school to where I would just let it eat me up. You know, my parents would quit video on my runs because I would just pick a good run apart. Mm-hmm. And then they're just, you know, kind of when I got out of high school into college, you know, there was a switch where I'm like, okay, like just build and go build yeah. off of it and go. And it, it's just as it, it sounds super easy, but you just have to, you know, speak positivity in your mind mm-hmm. yeah, and, and push in that direction as badly as you may not want to, but it's, it's crazy how hard and how easy it is. Yeah. All at the same time, just to be like, no, this is where we're going. Mm-hmm. We're going to get through it. We're going to figure it out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's heavy, you know, trying to balance it all. But, you know, there are people in the world that are doing this, but I look at it and I'm like, well, I'm I'm not saving lives. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a, you know, a surgeon that's, you know, doing an emergency heart surgery and trying to save some guy's life. At the end of the day, you know, I I'm just just trying to do cool things and be a good dad, be a good husband and and mm-hmm. and do all of that. So, yeah, that's awesome. So, we're going to roll into our next segment, uh, Area Affirmations. Mm-hmm. And this is basically where we take uh, questions from our followers on Instagram and um, basically give you all a little bit of advice on what we've been through. And just a PSA, as always, we're not doctors, psychiatrists, or anything. We're just telling our stories, and uh, we love hearing the feedback from you all. So this week's question is, how do you keep going even after you just want to give up? That's That's tough. I mean... My thoughts is victory comes in the darkness, you know, and the, uh, like I've grown up and I've always heard it's always the darkest before the dawn. Mm-hmm. So you have to focus on the light at the end of the tunnel because there is hope, you know, um, just because you're down doesn't mean that you give up. Yeah. You got to pick yourself up and keep going because you're going to come out of it. Mm-hmm. The darkness isn't the end. Um, you know, a preacher always told me, you're never down. You might get down. You know, you're never mm-hmm. down. You're either up or you're getting up. And that, that's a good way to look at life. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we all go through storms in life. And my way of thinking is, if you just sit out in the ocean in a boat and there's no storm, you're not going to be pushed to brighter shores. You're just mm-hmm. going to sit there and, you know, you're in the dark. So when that storm comes, ride it out. Be thankful because you're going to, to bigger and better places. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to come out of it. Yeah. And that, like, if I were to give my two cents on that is, like, just learning how to be, like, you speak of storms. There's always going to be storms in your life. But learning how to be comfortable within that storm and, like, really, like you said, you got to learn self-talk, like positive self-talk. Even if it's not, like, 
you know, talking out loud. It's just those inner thoughts. Like, you know, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. Learning how to weather the storm. And honestly, I think one of the big things too is like a lot of people, like, I don't know this person's situation, but a lot of people depend on too many people for their positivity or like their success. And you really got to learn how to be alone. You learn, you got to learn how to control your thoughts. You got to learn how to weather the storm and just really talk positive to yourself. So we touched on that, but I think it's just learning how to weather a storm and just going over and over and over. Cause like you said, perfect practice makes perfect. That's right. (laughs) You you know how it is, whether you're in a rodeo or whether you're in a toxic relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, you go through slumps, you, you know, you're in a bad relationship. Um, it's when you come out of it, that's what makes our story. If you don't go through it, you don't have a story. Mm-hmm. You can't look back and say, hey, you know what? I did it before. I can do it again. It, it just makes you, it, it builds a better person inside and you, yeah. you grow from it. I feel like we've gotten a lot of questions that like, like we get a lot of Instagram questions about like, how do I deal with this? Especially with like relationships. And that's what we say is like, man, this is a storm. And it's, I know you can't see it right now, but it's really, it's just going to mold you into a better person. Mm-hmm. It's so tough to see that when you're in the moment. But yeah. Anyway, Taylor, what would you, how would you answer that question? I think there's, there's two things that stick out in my mind that I feel like I've always kind of like always gone back to, but it's amazing what a person can accomplish when you remove giving up as an option. Mm. When yeah. you completely move, remove that mm-hmm. and your only option is to power through it. I mean, you don't fall back on it. You know, and and that's, that's a huge thing. The other thing too, that I, you know, that I really, and I, and I actually, I heard it again just today, but, um, and I can't remember where it came from, but you know, there's points in our lives where everything's going great. The people around you are great. You know, your work's going great. All of that, you know, having a great time, living life up, but you have to remember thou, that shall pass Mm -hmm. but also there's times in your life where things are not great and things are you know whether you've experienced a death or a relationship or job that also will pass exactly so you just have to keep the mindset that the good and the bad will pass you're gonna survive Mm -hmm. you know you're gonna power through it but you just have to understand the good and the bad is going to pass and you just have to figure out how to navigate it Mm -hmm. and, and keep your head up all right, y'all. I think that was like probably one of our best answers to that segment yet. Roy always has like some of the best like stories and stuff like that. <laughs> I wish and I had a notebook. I know, I right? <laughs> like, I think this is recorded. <laughs> I know. Every time Roy's on the podcast, people love it. But I think that's a great note to end on. Uh, again, we want to thank you all for watching. Every podcast has been just phenomenal. We're, we're so excited to see the feedback you all have been giving us. And uh, we want to thank Ariet as well for helping us out with the production of this podcast. Uh, make sure to follow everyone here on the social medias taylor where can they follow you and ariet um well ariet is at ariet international on instagram and facebook tiktok Mm -hmm. um and twitter and um you know with my micro influencer following you can follow me at at tnar gang t-n-a-h-r-g-a-n-g sweet yeah you can follow trader co trader house 
and Roy Dinges and myself on all the socials that will be listed on the screen here. Don't forget uh, to rate and review this podcast if you have time. We do look at all the ratings, and we love seeing how much this podcast actually helps y'all. Um, we're super excited to film the next episode. Roy will be hosting again on that episode, um, so stay tuned for that every Wednesday. And um, I'll do the tagline this time because Blake's not here. But don't forget to smile every day. And know your worth. Well, there you go. <laughs> we'll see you all in the next episode.